Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good evening, my friends. And welcome to another episode of terror radio podcast if this is your first time joining me then welcome this is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old time radio broadcasts as well as original stories this is your host Keith aka the radio show nerd and I have a treat for you all tonight I am featuring two radio adaptations of short stories from the master of the macabre and the supernatural Mr. Edgar Allan Poe so without further ado this is Terror Radio the two radio programs featured tonight are NBC Short Story and The Weird Circle now NBC Short Story as You may remember, because I featured it a few weeks ago with the adaptation of the controversial short story, The Lottery, by Shirley Jackson. NBC's short story was a half-hour dramatizations of short stories by famed authors, such as Shirley Jackson, Edgar Allan Poe, Nathaniel Hawthorne, etc., It was also broken into three series. The first debuting on February 21st and ending on July 13th, 1951. The second series began on November 23rd, 1951 and ended on March 14th, 1952. And the third and final series began on April 11th and ended on May 30th in 1952. I'm going to take a different route today, meaning I won't be presenting, how can I say this, the more well-known adaptations of Mr. Poe, such as The Telltale Heart, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Raven. The two stories featured tonight are lesser-known gems but equally entertaining. The first is The Oblong Box, and it was published in 1844. Now, as I did my research, all I could find was it was first broadcasted on the NBC short story in 1950. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to The Oblong Box. NBC presents Short Story. Today, Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) 
In the realm of horror and mystery, or perhaps I should say the macabre, Edgar Allan Poe has few equals. Many are the classic stories he has written in this vein. Among them, Murders in the Rue Morgue, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Telltale Heart, The Black Cat, and the list goes on and on. Today's presentation, The Oblong Box, first published in 1844, certainly takes its rightful place among this impressive collection. We'll begin our short story in just a moment. And now, The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe. There, Captain. There she is. And me your dust. Five aboard. Very well, turn about. We'll drop line and take them on. Ah, yes. Stand by the mainsail. Don't go side it now, East. Work lines on up. You make out what ship she's from? Uh, uh, too far, Captain. She's American, though. Aye. Now we'll soon be on them. Mate, if the captain's with them, send him up to my cabin. Aye, aye, sir. Take him the mainsail. Easy now, don't let him under. He's too... about all, Captain. We've been at sea in the longboat for two days when you sighted us. Just about done in. My friend here, Mr. Allen, was the only passenger to survive. You say you're from the packet ship Independence, eh? Aye. Uh, what cargo were you carrying? Uh, cotton, a little hemp, and some timber. I see. And that was all? Aye. Did you happen to pass some drift, Captain? You did. Nothing you just spoke of. Uh, would you care for a little more grog, gentlemen? Oh, thank you. And you, sir? Yes. Yes, please. No, we passed nothing adrift that you mentioned. But um, we did hoist aboard something rather strange, you might say. It may not have come from your ship, though. Could only make out the port of embarkation and the date. Charleston, South Carolina, August the 2nd, 1881. Mm, that was our port. That was our date of sailing. Captain, what was it you took aboard? Two bodies. Passengers, I suppose, a man and a woman. Rather unusual, though. The woman was in a coffin, uh, an oblong box. You seem startled, Mr. Allen. I, I am. And the man? That's the strange part. He was lashed to the coffin by an inch-thick rope. Oh. Uh, from your reaction, Mr. Allen, I presume... Um, I presume you know something about the box? Yes, I... I'm afraid so. Then, Mr. Allen, uh, suppose you relate the entire story. Very well. To tell you the truth, Captain, I'd intended telling no one. You see, as Captain Hardy told you, the dead man had been a friend of mine. I'd hoped the, the sea would keep its dead. The man whose body you found tied to that oblong box was an artist from New York. His name was Cornelius Wyatt. As I remember... Wyatt had been married only a few months when I met him quite by accident. It was at our port of sailing, Charleston. I'd been on board only a few minutes when I heard his voice calling me by my first name. I was quite surprised to see my old friend. Edgar! Edgar Allen, hello there. Wyatt! Why, heavens, man! How are you? Oh, it's good to see you. How long has it been? Oh, a good year since I saw you last, at least. Now, let's see. 
of all the places to meet you. Now, uh, tell me, Wyatt, is your wife aboard? My wife? Well, yes. Good. More people have raved about her astounding beauty to me than I could possibly count. <laughs> I've sworn to see her with my own eyes. Where is she? Uh, I'm sorry, Edgar. I'm afraid that would be impossible. You see, she's she's ill in her cabin. Oh, what a shame. Well, then, later, I'm sure you... No, you'll... no, no. Really, I think she'll remain in bed for the rest of the trip. Her health wouldn't permit it. Oh, come, Wyatt. You wouldn't cheat me of this chance to meet your beautiful wife. The sea will do her good. Or is it because you're jealous of such beauty? Huh? Please keep such a remark to yourself. My wife's appearance should be of no concern to you. Oh, but, Wyatt, I was only joking. I meant no harm. Your humor is not appreciated, Mr. Allen. Well... Forgive me, I assure you I meant no harm. I beg pardon, sir. You, Mr. Wyatt? Yes? Uh, that there box of yours, you're having it shipped in the hold? Confound it, man, how many times must I give these instructions? My cabin, you understand? It must be put in my cabin. Must I tell the captain himself? Sorry, sir, but there's hardly any room for such a large box in you. I don't care how little room there is. That box will go into my cabin if I have to move it there myself. Sorry, sir. Confounded fools. Must I beg them to carry out my instructions? Is... Is that the box? Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Allen. The clumsy fools may drop it. I'd better watch them. I'll see you later. Although at the time I was surprised by my friend's sudden outburst, I passed it off to temperament. After all, he was an artist. At the moment, I was more concerned over the... the oblong box than over my friend. It bothered me quite a bit. I couldn't find a reason for his being so overwrought over the placement of a cumbersome large wooden box. And furthermore, I couldn't find a reason for his use of one that shape. It was about six feet long and two and a half feet wide. To me, its contents were a mystery. At first, I excused it as containing a number of his precious paintings. About three days out of Charleston, I met Wyatt again. He was walking about the deck. As I approached him, he cordially offered me his hand. Hello there. Hello, Wyatt. Uh, Edgar, I... I believe I owe you an apology. Apology? Yes, you... You must forgive the way I acted the day before we sailed. I, I'm not as well as I should be. Oh, think nothing of it. Here, let, let's sit here. That's it. I... I'm under a severe strain, Edgar. Perhaps I should tell you. You are my friend. I, I should tell someone. Why, of course. What others have told you about my wife is true. She is beautiful. Very beautiful. I'm afraid, too beautiful. Yes. I was one of many, many suitors. I was the fortunate one. Why, I don't know. She doesn't love me, Edgar. Are you sure she doesn't love you? Yes, I'm sure, very sure. Since I've been married, she's done her utmost to make me jealous. She knows how I worship her beauty. She knows her power. Men have always loved her for it. They still do. I know, Edgar. I'm suffering because of it. There are men today who, who would give anything for my wife's hand. Anything. She knows it. She taunts me with it continuously. The way she looks at me, laughs at me. You're in love with her? Desperately. You would never give her up? Never. And she knows this? Of course. That's why she taunts me. Well, perhaps if I could see her... No, 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 no. She's, she's still ill. Ill. Oh, I'm sorry. This trip. You know why I'm going to Canada? Do you know why? Paintings? I'm taking her away. Away from all those men. She'll learn to love me. I'll make her. I'll keep her beauty for myself. Well, perhaps... Perhaps this is an extreme. Extreme? No. No, it's the only thing to do. You don't know the torture I've suffered. Well, well let's talk no more about it. I, I feel better now. As you wish. You will keep my confidence? Oh, without question. Now, how's your painting coming, Wyatt? I haven't touched a brush in months. 
But the canvases you brought aboard, weren't they yours? Canvases? I suppose they were in the large box you have in your cabin. Why do you suppose that? Well, because of its unusual size. That and... box doesn't concern you. It's none of your business. I didn't say that I... Don't ever mention that box again. I forbid you. You hear? Don't ever mention that box again. Perhaps I've been too hasty, Captain. Perhaps the man just isn't well physically. But the box, it could contain something unimportant. I think I was overly curious, that's all. I, I've known him for a long while, you know. He's always appeared perfectly normal before. And everything's been all right lately? For the past few days, yes. He's been perfectly cordial. And I think perhaps it's best we pass over the entire matter. There's probably some logical, some simple story behind what's happened. Uh, yeah. More thought? Uh, no. No, no thanks. I think it's best I be getting back to my cabin. Looks as though there's an unhealthy storm brewing along the coast. I'd best get back. Oh, I noticed it's getting a little rough. Will it hit us? I can't tell yet. Well, good night, Mr. Allen. Perhaps you'll join me at dinner tomorrow night, huh? Uh, thank you, Captain. I'd be... Listen. What? Shh. I thought I heard... Listen. Again? Nothing. I, I hear nothing. The wind, that's all. The events have made you a little nervous, I suppose. No, wait. I'm sure I heard something strange. Groaning or something from out there. Open the door. It's probably the ship's cat. Captain, here, quickly! The passageway's black. The steward probably took the lantern to... Listen. Again. Hear it? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. It came from the darkness down there to the end of the passageway. But somebody's in trouble. Who has the stateroom at the end of the passageway? I think Quiet. The first two are empty. Well, come along. Pull your cabin door closed. I'll get a lamp. The darkness... No, no, I know my way. We may need the darkness. Very well. I'll stay close. The uh, first two, you say, are empty? Yes. And this one, you believe, is Wyatt? It should be. I'll stand here a moment. I'll listen again. A knocking. Tapping. I'll try this latch. I'll open it as quietly as possible. There's no light under the door. Uh, stand back. Easy now. What? Blast it. It's locked from the inside. Well, someone is definitely in there. I am going to knock. Now listen closely. Someone is in there. You heard it? Hello in there. Is that you, Wyatt? This is Ellen. Anything wrong? Hello there. Huh. No answer. I don't like this. Open the door, Wyatt. It's the ship's captain. I'll be forced to break in. Here, help me. Help me if I count three. Go on. One, two, ready now. Three! Where are you, Wyatt? Wait, there's a lantern by the port. I'll strike a light. Stand here and... Empty. The room is empty. Our story continues after this brief pause. And now, back to today's short story. For a moment, both of us stood there in the gloom of Wyatt's cabin. We were sure somebody had been there, but a moment before, we'd heard them. And now the cabin was apparently empty. The door had been locked from the inside. Nobody could have left the room without our seeing them. Then suddenly, Captain Hardy pointed to the right wall of the cabin. 
there in the dimness of the gloomy shadows. Alan, this cabin and the one beside it are adjoined. Now, let me get the light and see if the adjoining door has been opened. Whoever left, left in a hurry. Here, here, Alan. Give me a hand. I can't reach the lantern. Flash it, Hardy. All right, all right. Just stumbled over this blasted box. My hand. The oblong box. Excuse me, gentlemen. I didn't mean to intrude. Quiet. May I come in? There's another lamp for the table. Allow me, Captain Hardy. But where did you come from? How did you get into the passageway? There. Is that better? Mr. Allen, I have been walking my wife on deck. May I introduce you? Oh, you may come in, Marjorie. Marjorie, this is Mr. Allen, the man who desired to meet you so much. And the captain of this vessel, Captain Hardy. How do you do? And now, gentlemen, may I ask the reason for your uh, breaking in? I, uh, we heard a noise, a cry. We thought it was from your cabin. That would have been impossible. There was nobody there. Are you sure? We heard... Of course I'm sure. There was no one here, I tell you. And now, gentlemen, if you don't mind... Uh, Wyatt, before we go... Yes, Mr. Allen? Ask your wife to... to remove her veil. Marjorie, would you please oblige the gentleman? My wife, Mr. Allen. Your... Your wife? But I... She is beautiful, isn't she? I... Uh, yes. Yes, she is. You, too, seem stunned. Quite. Yes, quite. Um, uh, Captain Hardy, come. Uh, thank you, Wyatt. One moment, uh, Captain Hardy. Yes? Would it be too much to ask for a new cabin door? This one seems to have suffered slightly. I'll, uh, I'll see to it. Good night, gentlemen. Hurry. To my cabin. His wife. Did you see his wife? Yes. She was hideous. His rave about her beauty. Why, he's mad, Captain. Hopelessly mad. She was horribly ugly. Yet, yet she was familiar. I've seen her before. I, I know it. Where? Where? Did you notice the door leading to the adjoining cabin? No. It was open slightly. Someone could have left Wyatt's cabin and reached the passageway through the empty one next to it. Hardy. Yes? Your hand, huh? Covered with blood. Well, you must have cut it yourself when you when you fell. Here, let me wash it off. No. No, it isn't cut. Yes, but that blood. It isn't mine. Well, then where did you... The oblong box, Mr. Allen. The oblong box. What was behind this terrible mystery, neither of us knew. We would inform the police as soon as we put to port. From then on, I saw nothing of Wyatt. Two days passed since the incident in his cabin. And on the second day, Captain Hardy warned all the passengers of what was in store for us. We were forbidden on deck, confined to our cabins. We were being blown out to sea by a furious hurricane wind. On the fateful night, I was lying fully clothed on my bed. The sea was sickening. The ship was yawing terribly with each plunge. I was expecting the worst at any moment. Then suddenly, above the roar of the terrible gale, I heard a strange sound coming from the passageway before my cabin. I was a little bewildered at first. For a few moments, I sat there on my bed, wondering. And then... Edgar! 
Captain, uh, when uh, when did you find this uh, this box? Yesterday afternoon. Um, in here, please. Um, Mr. Allen, hand me that lantern. And watch the stairs, please. They're rather sharp here. Lead on. Uh, ordinary, we would not have bothered with a floating body. It's generally some poor wretch from a wrecked vessel. However, due to the box and the peculiar circumstances, I thought it best to hoist it on board. Yes, but, but the decomposition... Oh, the salt water helped preserve them for a while. I thought we could reach to London safely with them. However, since we were blown off our course by that wind, it would be a good day and a half before we reach land. I'm afraid I shall have to commit them both back to the sea. Uh, Mr. Allen, swing that door open, please, will you? Over there, in that corner. Yes. Yes, that's the box. Captain Hardy, would you kindly hold the lantern while I lift this blanket? Mm, certainly. Is this the man you call Wyatt? Poor devil. Hardly recognizable. Yes, that's Wyatt. And now, Mr. Allen, if you would give me a hand with the top of this box. It had been firmly nailed. However, we tried it loose and we took it aboard. Just pull at that end carefully. Good heavens. Even after two days at sea, death did not destroy that waxen beauty. It's almost impossible. Still so beautiful. You notice uh, the wound over the heart? Yes. Mr. Allen, that was the beauty Mr. Wyatt talked of. Well, of course. This must have been his wife. But, but wait, the other Mrs. Wyatt. Oh, yes, of course. I knew I'd seen her somewhere before. The maid. Their personal maid. Yes, now I remember. She tried to tell me something before she... She drowned. Wyatt murdered his real wife. If only we had done something sooner. Murdered his wife? How could he? Why? Insanely jealous. Terribly jealous. To die with her would be better than to live with her and her beauty. He planned to murder her on that trip when I saw them stowing that box. Remember the groans? She was murdered that night. The blood. It was fresh. Remember the tapping we heard as he nailed her in this coffin. I... Hardy, I... I think we'd better leave. Yes. Yes, Wyatt. Your wife is... very... very beautiful. has been NBC Short Story. Today, The Oblong Box by Edgar Allan Poe. Join us again next time when NBC presents Short Story.
So, what did you all think of that one? I mean, granted, it's not as demented as a, say, the black cat or the murders in the Rue Morgue, but I still find it to be extremely eerie as well as dark. Now, the next radio program is one of my favorites, which I say all the time, The Weird Circle, which was a syndicated radio series on NBC, and it ran from July 8th, 1943 to 1945. I've never been able to find an exact date. The adaptation featured on this series is William Wilson. And this was published by Poe in 1839. This broadcast was first heard on October 31st. Ah, Halloween. Just realized that. In 1943. So you know the drill. Sit back. Turn down the lights. And listen to William Wilson. again their immortal tale, William Wilson. Aura! Aura! Oh, Charlie Vernon, I thought you weren't going to come to my party tonight. Well, this is one party I wouldn't miss for all the cobblestones in New York. <laughs> now, here you're going to announce your engagement to my old buddy, William Wilson. Well, that was supposed to be a secret until midnight. Who told you? Usual grapevine aura. No secrets in this clubby little group. Now, where is Bill now? In the library. He hates crowds, you know it. Well, he wanted to be alone for a while. What? What was that? Come on, Aura. Let's find out. Well, I think it's in the library, Charles. Bill! Bill, darling. He's wounded. Get a doctor, somebody. I'll call the doctor right away. What happened, darling? If I were a detective, I'd say he tried to bump himself off and miss. Oh, be quiet, Charles. Oh, Bill. <laughs> it does look like attempted suicide, doesn't it? It's also strange. So strange. There's nothing strange about this setup, old boy. A gun in your left hand, a bullet hole in your left side. Pretty neat. Are you enjoying it, Charlie? Well, I can't say that I'm not. I came to suffer through your wedding. Who knows, I might stay and enjoy your funeral. Really, Charles, your sense of humor is out of place. You hate me, Charlie, don't you? Boob like you never could stand a guy with brains. Brains? Those muscles in your head are so twisted they look like handcuffs. Why did you do it, Bill? All right, you've got to believe me. I didn't. I didn't do it. Oh, who did, Bill? Then why? Come on, William Wilson. We want the straight goods for a change. But I didn't. I... You might die, mister. Put your cards on the table. Cards on the table. <laughs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you. None of you would. It all started back in college. When you and I were rooming together at the fraternity house, Charlie. There was one night you were sitting at the desk studying and I was trying to shave. I was peering in the mirror at myself. Why are you getting so slicked up, Bill, old boy? Got a date. With Dolly Maysfield? Cute little something, isn't she? Oh, Bill, she's not your type. 
Well, she's good for laughs. You don't need laughs every night. What would you suggest? Oh, gee, Bill, if I had your dough, I'd... Well, I'd work hard at college and meet a nice girl and think about getting married. Ouch. I almost cut myself. Oh, I mean it. About getting married, Bill. So you mean it. What do you want me to do? Bury myself? Well, no, but... Oh, gee, take, take me, for instance. I know I'm a dope, but I got just enough money to see me through college. Yeah, I know. The $3,000 your old man left you. You're a boob to spend it in this place. You'll wind up with a blank bank account and a dirty piece of parchment to show for your trouble. You've got the wrong slant on life, Bill. I have. Listen, stupid. You've been seeing Aura St. Clair for three years now. She's alive with money. If you'd get on to yourself, you'd spring the question, put her in double wedlock, and get your fingers on that money. I'm in love with Aura, Bill. Love, love, love. Rot. I'd never touch a cent of her money. You're crazy, Charlie. Well, oh boy, I don't want to be late. Hey... Hey, Bill. Hmm? Have you met the new boy in the house? What new boy? A freshman just came in today. Sounds fascinating. What about it? Well, nothing, except he's got the same name you have. Are you kidding? No, I just thought you'd be interested. There can't be two William Wilsons. If there is, there won't be for long. Boy, what an ego you have. A great Scott fellow, you waste more time talking than you do anything else. Yeah, which all adds up to the fact that you want me to stay home and study tonight. Nothing doing, Charlie. I got a date with my dolly. Night. That was the first time I ever heard of the other William Wilson. The knowledge that he existed rankled in my soul. That evening, as I stepped out into the hall and walked halfway down the stairs, I was stopped by my double. He looked just like me. Rather like a poor imitation. I felt from the first that he was my evil genius... He didn't act like a freshman when he said, Hello. I've been waiting for you here in the hall. You've been waiting for me? Who are you? I'm your namesake. You can call me Wilson. There's nobody home at the fraternity house except you and me and Charlie. I thought it would be a good chance to get acquainted with you. I'm sorry, I'm busy today. Well, where do you get that bill stuff? It might be worthwhile getting acquainted with me. What do you want, anyway? I'll walk you down the stairs. Don't trouble yourself, Wilson. You might be better off never knowing me. I might be, but... Uh... Save it, I said. See you some other time, Wilson. Charles! Oh, Charlie! There's something I can do for you, lady? Oh, yes. I'm I'm Aura Sinclair. I promised to call for Charlie Vernon tonight. Would you call him for me? Well, you're Aura Sinclair. Oh, yes. Well, uh, all right. Oh. Uh, would you tell Charlie I'm here? Well, I would if I could, but... Uh, he's not in. Oh, but he promised you... Imagine he... him forgetting a date with a nice girl like you. Oh, that's strange. Do you know where he is? Uh, yeah. I mean... Well, gee, Miss Sinclair, I don't think I ought to tell you. Is he out with another girl? Well, now that you've guessed it, I guess I'll have to say yes. I see. I'm sorry. I don't look like that. Suppose I see you home. Oh. That's not necessary. It'd be a pleasure. I'd do anything for Charlie. Come on, Bill. Is that you again, Wilson? Yes, it's me, Bill. Don't you think you ought to stick around here this evening? Don't you think you ought to mind your own business? Maybe you are my business. What? Stop ribbing me, fella. I don't like it. Come on, Miss St. Clair. I think you and I will have a lot to talk about. This is awfully nice of you. But I don't even know your name. A William Wilson. Don't forget that, my sweet. The one and only William Wilson. That's how I met her. We 
spent the entire evening together, Charlie. We had a lot of laughs. It was well past midnight when we said goodnight to each other. And I was about to go home when I remembered that I hadn't even called Dolly Maysfield to tell her I couldn't make it. Knowing Dolly's temperament, I decided to drop up to her apartment, even though it was late. I knocked on the apartment door. Well, well, well. Look what the breeze brought in. Mr. Heartbreaker. Aren't you uh, going to even ask me in? I'll never talk to you again, that's what. Who do you think you are, Mr. King of Siam? Well, that's the way you feel. Oh, wait a minute. Come on in, Bill. I, I've been worried stiff about you. That's more like my doll, baby. Got a kiss for me? Sure. I got a kiss for you. Oh, Bill, I, I love you so much. Come here. There, Dolly. There. Where were you, Bill? Um, where was I? Don't you trust me, Dolly? Sure, I trust you. I had something important to attend to. Uh, come on, give us a smile. There. I like to see you smile, Dolly. I like it a lot. Well, I do most anything for you, Bill. I'm glad to hear that because I've got to ask you a favor. Anything you want. I want you to stay away from me from now on, baby. You and I are through. Through? Oh, Bill, what are you talking about? Don't joke with me. This is no joke. I'm serious. I'm giving it to you right from the shoulder, kid. But you're joking, aren't you? No, I'm not. I found the girl I want to marry. She's class, Dolly. Real class. With plenty of money. You get me? He'll never marry her, Bill. She'll find out what a cheap four-flusher you are. And then I'll tell her. I'll tell her a lot of things about you. You pretending to have so much money and borrowing from me all the time. Pretending to be such a big shot when you got holes in your shoes. Shooting off your mouth. Shut up. Shut up, Dolly, before I make you shut up. Nobody's going to tell anybody anything. That is, if you're smart. I think you are. Okay. I know what everybody thinks of me. But I made up my mind to marry Aura, and nobody was going to stop me. I saw Aura every day and every night after that for the next three weeks. Things went according to plan. I thought I was rid of Dolly Maysfield for good until... Well, you remember that night, Charlie, you and I and Wilson were sitting around the living room of the fraternity house chewing the fat... It was all Wilson's fault. I knew from the first time I saw him, he was my evil genius. And you were saying... I just can't understand it, Bill. I've been calling Ola every night, but she won't talk to me. Yeah, that's how women are, Charlie. Why don't you tell him why, Bill? Keep out of this, Wilson. It won't make any difference now. He said, mind your own business. You are my business, Bill. What are you talking about, Wilson? Ask Bill why you never saw Aura the night she was to call for you. Ask him. Go on, Charlie. Bill? Well, what did Bill have to do with it? What difference does that make now? It's all over and done with. Aura's not interested in you anymore, Charlie. She told me so herself. You... You dirty double-crossing... Sit down, Charlie, and cool off. Why don't you write Aura a letter and tell her the truth, Charlie? Well, what's the use? But I'll get even with you someday, Bill Wilson. Don't think I won't. I'll answer it. Hey, you make a good doorman, Wilson. I told you, Charlie, to grab the girl while you had the chance. You didn't tell me you were going to stick a knife in my back. A smart guy gets what he wants in this world. 
Is William Wilson here? You have to be smart. Yes, like me. He's in the living room. Thanks. Bill. Oh, Bill. Well, look who's here. If it isn't the doll baby yourself. Hello, Bill. Hello, darling. Meet the boys. This is Charlie Vernon. The doorman is my double, William Wilson. Hello. How do you do? How do you do? Tell you what I'll do for you, Charlie. I'll give you the doll baby here in exchange for Aura. How's that? That's fair. You make a man sick, Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill, I gotta see you. Well, you see me. How do I look? How alone, I mean. I told you not to bother me anymore. Oh, please, Bill, if you've any pity. Pity? <laughs> sure, I got pity. Where we go? Anywhere you say, Bill. How about the river? Hmm? How about a nice walk down to the river? Sure, Bill. That's a good place for what I want. That's just about perfect. to the river, Dolly and I. For a talker, she was silent that night. And I knew she had more up her sleeve than her pretty white arm. We got to the edge of the river. We sat down to watch the boats steam by. Bill, I can't live without you. So what? I'm going to give you one last chance, Bill, to be a decent guy. You're going to give me a chance? <laughs> what a laugh. Oh, Bill... Don't you know what you're doing to yourself? You're trying to marry a girl that ain't for you. You once told me that you and me was cut from the same piece of cloth. Yeah, I once said a lot of things. We are cut from the same piece of cloth. You're a no-good bum, but I... I love you. Oh, we could help each other. You could go straight and be honest and hide and work right with you every inch of the way. Nobody else would do that for you, Bill. What do you expect me to do? Chuck $20 million into the lake for you? Listen, darling, don't try any tricks. Bill, please, please, You don't darling. fit into the picture anymore. Don't you get it? Oh, what'll I do? Who cares? Why don't you kill yourself? Make it easier all the way around. You wouldn't care? I'd send you a dozen posies. If I jumped in the river, you wouldn't care? Why should I? Oh, watch me, Bill. I don't think any man's as hard as you pretend to be. So I'm watching. You've held me in your arms. You've kissed me. You've said you loved me. Doesn't that mean anything? It did when I said it, I guess. You can never tell what a guy's going to say. Can you really watch me, Bill? Even though I love you. I can watch anything, baby, when I'm sitting on $20 million. Watch me, Bill. What? Ah, you fool. Jump and get it over with. You can't bluff me. I love you, Bill. Don't forget that. Kelly! Help! Help! I can't swim, Bill. Help me! Well, it was your choice, kid. You picked your grave. Now die in it. Nice work. William Wilson. Nice work. What are you doing here? I tried to follow you. I have a feeling I'm a little late. She wanted to kill herself. I wasn't thinking about Dollyville. I was thinking about you. Don't give me that stuff, Wilson. I don't go for it. I'm always thinking about you, Bill. But you're too smart to allow anybody to help you. And I'm afraid it's too late for you to help yourself. Cut it out, will you? Cut it out. Let me worry about my own soul. If it's damned, then I'll be the one to suffer, not you. Not you. 
Dolly was dead. Nobody knew about it except Wilson. I knew he wouldn't tell. At least I thought he wouldn't. I don't know why, but I just knew. And there was only one other person in the way of my plans. That was you, Charlie. You were in the way, and I had to get rid of you. It took me some time to plan the right attack. It was right after mid-years, remember? How could I forget? I was alone in the room with you, Charlie. I was toying with a deck of cards. Stop that shuffling, will you, Bill? I gotta shuffle him. Gonna play some two-handed stud with Wilson. I'm nervous enough waiting for the mid-year report. You'll pass. Don't worry. Well, if I don't pass, what happens to me then? I got $1,000 left. Not enough to pay for any full year's course anywhere in the country. What makes you so sure you flunked? You know why. Still thinking of Aura? Sure, I'm still thinking of her. Day and night. Bill, isn't there a decent chord in you somewhere? Why don't you go to Aura and tell her the truth? <laughs> why don't you? Hello, Charlie. How are you, Bill? It's about time you got here, Wilson. Sorry, Bill. I hate to keep you waiting. Have a seat. What do you want to play for? Name your own figure. Well, how about a $5 limit? Good enough. Want to sit in on a hand, Charlie? No, thanks. I couldn't. Game of stud would be good for you. Take your mind off your troubles. Well, the stakes are sort of high. Or maybe you'll win some money. Heaven knows you need it. Okay. Well, I might sit in for a while. Cut for deal, Vernon. It might bring you some luck. Don't you ever lose, Bill? Not very often, old boy. Not very often. Want to bet again? Easy, Charlie. Quit now while you've still got $600 left. Well, I can't quit now. I can't. I, I tell you, I gotta win. I, I gotta. Let's double the stakes. Double it, triple it. Any way you want, Charlie, old boy. Three o'clock, Bill. It's not up to me to quit. I'm the winner. It's up to Charlie. How about it, Charlie? I haven't got much choice, have I? I'm flat busted. Well, that's tough luck, Charlie. That's real tough luck. You've got my girl. You've got my money. You've got everything, haven't you, Bill? Just everything. You shouldn't gamble if you can't afford it. Come on, Charlie. I got that check for the full amount, $1,108. I haven't got that much money in the world, and you know it. Well, give me a 1000 then. I'll take an option on that empty soul of yours for the rest. What's the matter? Are you going to welch? I don't welch. Where's the pen? There it is, Charlie. Don't get sore. Give it to me. Make it out nice and clear, huh? That's a boy. Here you are. Thanks, Charlie. Where are you going, Charlie? As far away from here as I can get. I'm going to get a job. A good, honest job. Someday I'll be back. And I won't forget you, Bill. I'll never forget you, no matter how long I live. Someday I'm going to get even. Keep your shirt on, Charlie. If you'll pardon me, good night. <laughs> nice work, Bill. Keeping an even score. What are you talking about, Wilson? The three aces up your sleeve. And the cards from the bottom of the deck. If you saw me, why didn't you tell it? I don't have to. Other eyes are watching you beside me. Many other eyes. Eyes that keep the records of our lives. So I cheated you, Charlie. You didn't even know it. You left town and it was clear sailing for me. All the way. 
Yeah, it was clear sailing. Right to the altar. At least almost to the altar. Except for one thing, which you didn't know, Bill. One little thing. I left the fraternity house that night, but I didn't leave town. I went to Aura's house, and I told her the full story. Charlie, this isn't a new story to me. All along, I've known Bill's pretty rotten. But I'm in love with him. I'm horribly in love with him. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I'm fascinated by him. And yet there's something almost appalling about him. He's crude and earthy and... How can I make you understand? I think I understand, Laura. Sometimes I wish I'd never met him. You'd have been better off. And then again, I'd... I'd die without him, Charlie. That's my answer. I'm so sorry, my dear. It's all right, Aura. Someday I'll be back. When you need me. I don't mind being an old shoe for you. I'll be back and I hope you've gotten over him by then. That was a right touching scene. Yeah. Maybe you still got a chance, Charlie, if that doctor doesn't get here soon. But you still haven't told me who... Bill, what happened tonight? Well, I graduated from college, and you and I became engaged. Then you sent out the invitations to this ball tonight, to all my old friends, even to Wilson, the one man I didn't want to see. I was standing in the ballroom a little while ago, watching you, Aura, when Wilson beckoned to me. He was in the doorway of the library. Somehow or other, I felt drawn to it. I, I, I had to go there, even though I didn't want to. I walked in, closed the door behind me. Hello, Bill. What do you want? You know what I've come for. Why don't you turn on the lights? Are you afraid of the dark, Bill? What are you talking about, Wilson? The world you'll know will be dark forever. Are you trying to threaten me? I don't think I have to threaten you. You threaten yourself by your mere existence. Who are you, anyway, William Wilson? Don't you know, Bill? Stop looking at me that way. Think back, Bill. Think back a long way. Remember, Dolly. I don't want to die, Bill. I just want to threaten you. I don't want to die. I love you. Remember her screams and your laugh? Remember what Charlie said? You'll pay for this someday, Bill. You'll pay for it. I warned you. I've warned you many times. And I never told on you. Do you know why? I don't care why. Think hard, Bill Wilson. Think hard. I'm the only one who knows the truth. I'm the only one who stands between you and success, William Wilson. You carry a gun, don't you, Bill? Don't you? What's the difference if I do? Why don't you kill me? Kill then you. nobody will know. Hate you. Love you. Hate you. Love you. Hate you. Yes, I will kill you. I will. There can only be one, William Wilson. There's never been more than one William Wilson. Uh, I'm wounded. I, I, I aimed the gun at you. At you, Wilson. Wilson. Wilson! Where are you? Wilson! I'm alone. 
stomach. No, 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 I couldn't have dreamed it. I couldn't. I couldn't. And that's the entire story. You don't have to believe me, but it's the truth. Here's the doctor, Bill. Now, just lie still, son. Don't try to move. Uh, I don't feel sick, doctor. I'm just stiff. Sort of, sort of paralyzed, you know what I mean? Well, let's have a look at this. Hmm. Hey, doctor, how bad am I? Just lie still. Yeah. Doctor, is he... There's a sudden pain, doctor. Doctor, I felt fine before, but... Oh, 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 oh. I'm afraid it's too late. The bullet lodged near his heart. The exertion of talking was too much for him. If he hadn't talked, Doctor, would he... No, my dear. He must have had a lot on his conscience to have held up this long. William Wilson, I'm waiting for you. Come along, Bill. Wilson, what are you doing here? Just waiting for you, Bill. Waiting so that two halves of a soul can be reunited. Come along, Bill. Take my hand. Your hand. So dark here, Wilson. So very dark. Yes. I'll have to leave you. And we've a long journey ahead, Bill. An awfully long journey on the road back. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought to you William Wilson. Bellkeeper, toll the bell. Well, that's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. Or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. Or if you want to just drop me a line just to say hello. Or if you have any suggestions or requests, send me an email at Radio Show Nerd at gmail.com Again, I want to thank the composer Mayu for allowing me to use his wonderful music for my background. This is Keith aka The Radio Show Nerd signing off. <laughs>